and welcome to Blooming in Motherhood, conversations for growing moms. Becoming a mother is life-changing in nearly every way. Some days are magical and some days are survival. You have new priorities, hopes, worries, perspectives, identities. Your world is all new and it's never been so full. Welcome to the Blooming in Motherhood podcast, where you'll hear from other moms who've been through it, learn from experts, and be supported in embracing change, learning and growing, and blooming in motherhood. I'm your host, Molly Vassa Bertolucci, a licensed perinatal mental health therapist and mother of two on a parenthood learning journey, just like you. We'll touch on topics like postpartum and maternal mental health here, but this podcast is not a substitute for therapy, and if you're struggling, you should seek help from a licensed provider in your area. I'm so glad that you're here and joining us for these conversations for growing moms. Let's jump in and learn together. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Blooming in Motherhood podcast. I am so excited to share today's episode with you. Today, I'm talking with Tori Sprankle, the woman who made my personal branding, web design, social media dreams come true. I think of her like my fairy godmother. She's also now a friend and someone who I so look up to in both business and in motherhood. And so I'm thrilled that Tori agreed to come on and share a little bit about her motherhood journey and her business journey. Tori is a soccer mom to two girls, a late night spicy book reader who will ditch everything for a date night at a bougie hotel bar. On the business side, she's an expert at personal brands for go-to girlies, and her obsession is turning that pretty little Pinterest board of yours into the brand you've always dreamed of, can personally attest to this. Tori loves working with women who need that boost of brand magic to bring up their killer service suite that the world desperately needs. In this episode, Tori talks about romanticizing mom life, finding balance in work and life, and how that balance is ever-changing and evolving, and the growth and transformation she's experienced as a mother and as a business owner, and how those two intertwine. Let's get into it. Tori, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Hi, um, I am Tori, and I am a personal brand uh, designer for women who are just like you. You have been, <laughs> you've been one of my own little ones um, who kind of like grew this business out of sometimes desperation because of things that happen in motherhood um, or the internal drive that we're just like made for more and you know, we don't really know what that is when we begin our business, but that's kind of how my story started too. I have two little girls, one is seven and one is three. Um, and my husband who is now at home was in corporate America, but, um, now supports the business, which is mind blowing. Never expected that, but, um, we live in Atlanta and we do lots of traveling. Um, but we also really love being homebodies and playing board games and cooking really good food. Um, but yeah, I, I try to romanticize my life as much as possible and encourage that in my clients um, and my audience, whatever that looks like, um, because I just feel like motherhood is so hard sometimes, especially if we put ourselves in that like sacrificial spot where so many things have to go, right? Like our appearance and our time and 
our dreams and all of that stuff. And so if there's a way to like inspire romanticizing people, specifically mothers' lives, um, that's what I really like to do. So whether it's like drinking my Diet Coke in like a fancy glass, like that's one way I just like romanticize my life. Um, so it can be really simple, but, um, yeah, I just kind of live for that stuff. (laughs) And you're so good at doing this. You're so good about showing like parts of your life. And it seems like Tori, you have it all balanced and figured Mm -hmm. out. You have the motherhood business connection intertwined. Like, it seems like you've got it figured out. Do you have it figured out? I don't have it figured out. (laughs) Um, if you think about, I have to remind myself of this because I definitely look at other people and feel that way too. But if you think about the time it takes us to look at someone's stories, like maybe I have 10 stories I've posted for the day. Maybe half of them are video and half of them are photo. You're literally seeing like five minutes of my day, you know? And so it's very highly curated. Um, I do have moments where I show you know, a very messy house where there's gymnastics everywhere and it's a mess. Um, and I show other parts that are not perfectly photographed with the right light. Um, but at the same time, if my whole business is to be like inspirational, like I need to pick really good parts of my day to show that you can have 10, 10 really good minutes of your day and it still can be romanticized. And you can also have, you know, 10 minutes of chaos and it's okay too. Um, but it also took me a very long time on Instagram. I mean, my business is a little over two. Um, and I remember being terrified, like hopping on stories and talking about things or myself or my offers or anything like that. Um, and I, I could talk about like how that evolved, um, but it took a while to even get there because even before I decided to launch a business, I was like probably most everyone else listening to this and I hopped in an MLM train, you know, while I was still running a career trying to like get out of that. I knew that I was not supposed to be like in an office. Um, And so I went on uh, my MLM journey and there I had to learn how to like sell and I had to learn how to talk on social media. And that is obviously not where I am today, but that was the very beginning years and years and years ago, kind of like training me to be comfortable on social media and show myself and parts of my life and all of that. And so it, if people hop on and expect it to be like that for them, like, know that it's going to be a journey. It's going to be a process and like take Mm. practice too. But I definitely don't have it all figured out. (laughs) Um, And we could, uh, we could probably think that everyone who is like posting on social media, who we look to and think their life looks perfect. Like they still have things going on. Like they're still probably, you know, cleaning up kid throw up somewhere and they're, they're still not taking a shower for a couple of days. Um, but their coffee looked really pretty next to the window, you know, <laughs> like there's just yeah. parts and that it are can be both, right? Yeah. It can be both. It, exactly. It, Cause it totally is like, it's, mm-hmm. it's all. And that's a, what it, I'm thinking as you're talking is like having it all, like being a mother and a business owner, like that also means having all the ups and downs and it's exactly. all part of the beauty of it. 
Exactly. Exactly. That reminds me. I'm like a, um, I'm a big romance fantasy book reader and, um, you know, they talk about all the different tropes. Like if you're a friends to lovers or a, you know, old childhood flame or like, what are you? And I'm like, every time there's some sort of choice between, do I choose this guy or this guy in the book? There are those people who are like, I'm the why choose. Like I want both. And so <laughs> I feel like I'm the why choose in life. And if my life is a romance novel, I'm like, I, I want the kids. And I also want to have parts of my day look like I don't have kids. <laughs> like you can have both and it's okay to want both too. It doesn't make you a bad mom to like want parts of those days to be all about you. Yeah, totally. So you said your business is about two years old. So your girls were five and one, little, when your business started out. Yeah, little. What was that like? Tell me a little bit about starting up your business and the shift in your ambition and the way your work looked when your your kids were little. Yeah. And so um, before Hazel was even a thought, um, she's our youngest, um, we were living in North Carolina and I had an opportunity to move to Hawaii with my family. And so I went in and I put my two weeks in, we had planned this for months and they were like, nope, we're just going to change your role to remote. And I was like, oh, well, that's the dream. That's amazing. And so I take that all the way to Hawaii for a couple of years and every year it slowly changes, COVID happens. And um, after COVID, uh, about six to I guess six months after COVID, um, they really started talking to me about um, my job changing permanently, like maybe me not working there anymore. Maybe they want someone in office, but they're not really sure what's going on. And so um, literally as I'm like walking into my home after I brought Hazel home from the hospital, I am like get an email on my phone and they're like, we're moving you to contractor with no benefits. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Like I literally have this, like I'm bringing life and this other part of me is like ending life at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was like a really wild, um, collision of things. And so of course I had like my grieving moments there, which were really hard because I was also, and you know, all about this, obviously I was also working through a traumatic C-section. I was also working through not being able to breastfeed for the second time. And so it was just like all these things were like really built up and it almost was just like, what, what do I do? Like, do I implode or do I like totally explode? And so I decided I'm not going to implode and I'm not going to go search on Indeed for another job. I'm going to just like build a website. And so I spent one week um, every night when I was up with Hazel and I was building a Squarespace website and like, I didn't know what my offers would be, but I knew what my skill sets were. And I was like, if I'm starting fresh, what, what, what do I want to do? Like I can choose whatever I want to do. I'm not going to pick something that I don't want to work on. And so it was literally like brand aesthetics. I was so scared to even say that I was a branding and web designer because I felt like I was in the corporate world and I worked in branding and I did all of that corporately. But to say, like, I compared myself so hard to these people who had businesses already in the Instagram space. And I should not have done that, obviously. We all know that. But um, so it was like brand aesthetics. And I focused on the vibe and like it quickly turned into what it is today because I 
found my people who were in the exact same spot that I was. Um, Hey Sleepy Baby was one of my very first clients. And of course, we are still friends. She is a great advocate for my business. I love her dearly. Um, But that was really kind of like where it took off. And I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be helping these women who are exactly like me, who are like, I need to be running my own thing. I don't need to be in corporate America. I don't need to be searching Indeed. And I don't need to be stuck at home feeling like I need to be more than this, but can't. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I created things like petite brands and brand in a day where it's like a lower ticket item. It's not a 10K brand. And we're doing it really quickly so that you guys can get on your way and build your business and we can all change lives. Um, And so it's just like, I didn't know what I was going to be doing in business, but the people told me, you know, you have to like listen to your people and they're going to tell you exactly what they need and you figure out, okay, how do I fit into this with what I also want to do? As you're describing this, I'm thinking it's like you had twins, like you had Hazel, this newborn (laughs) and you had this like newborn (laughs) business, like, and there's so much uncertainty in those early days postpartum, even with your second or third or fourth child, Mm -hmm. like, cause you're just, it's all new. Right. Mm -hmm. And then coupling that with a new business and like figuring out what you're going to do. Like I imagine there was a lot of uncertainty, but sometimes with uncertainty comes so much freedom. Oh my gosh. Yes. Just being able to be like, I can do what I want to do. Like there's no box I have to fit into. Yeah. Which is an amazing place to be. And it, if you're ever in that place, there's always that like little moment before that where it's like, I don't know what to do. Like I, there are so many options. So that's kind of how I started. I was like, what do I do? Do I, I even went on um, this little rabbit hole of jobs in the very beginning where I was like, I'm going to spend a year and I'm going to learn new skills. I want to go work at a homemade ice cream shop. I want to go work as a barista in Starbucks. I want to like, I want to learn all these new things. And part of me is like, yeah, that sounds really cool. And I really do maybe one, maybe when I retire, I'll do that or something. But, um, at the same time, I was like, I think that's playing safe. Like, I think that's my safe backup. Like, I don't think I can do this. So I'm going to just, this is my excuse for the next year till I figure it out. Um, but you just have to look at like what your skills are. Like, what do you really like to do and what, you know, what do you have to offer? And the answers will like present themselves. And then again, again, it'll all evolve, but in the best way possible. (laughs) This hearing your story is so helpful. And I imagine brings so much relief to so many moms because ambition does shift when you become a mother Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. just because of the practical limitations or changes or shifts that being a mother presents, especially with really young kids, like it doesn't fit the way life was before. Work doesn't fit in the same way. And so hearing this is so helpful to kind of see someone who's on the other side of it and having gone through all this growth and transformation in motherhood, in business, and then like intertwining the two. And you say on your website, like, it's for the people who, like, get it about the cold coffee, the nap time grind. Like, you know what it's yeah. like because you've been there. And so that's I have been the there. people you're serving. And it's just this, like, perfect alignment 
of like going through it yourself. My two postpartum experiences were so different from each other, but one thing they had in common was wanting my babies as close to me as possible. The Soli baby wrap made it easy for me to keep my babies close and to keep them connected to me. For that first walk as a family of three around our neighborhood, fresh out of the NICU, for the evening walks with my second when the witching hour meant she only wanted to be on mama outside and moving, or the perfectly timed mom's group where she would fall asleep close to my chest and I could just eat and connect with other moms. Oh, and becoming a mom of two under two, where I learned very quickly that I needed my hands free. I have so many beautiful memories of carrying my girls in their Soli baby wraps. And as my family has grown and my girls have grown, I still want them as close as possible. You can use the code poppy.therapy10 to shop at Soli Baby. Let's get back to our conversation. So let's let's yeah. zoom in a little bit on some of your motherhood experience, like going through this. Let's talk about some of like mm-hmm. the models in your head of motherhood. Like what did you expect motherhood to be like and how did your reality match up with that expectation? Oh my goodness. Okay. So my oldest Rowan, um, she was also a C-section that was unexpected and was also, I was unable to breastfeed with her. So there were, was lots of, in the very beginning, lots of trials happening there. But, um, what I pictured before she even was born was honestly, I was like, I am growing my career. I, you know, have this baby on the way, but it's not going to stop me. I'm still going to dress nice. I'm still going to put makeup on Like I'm still going to do all these things. And of course, eventually I did have to, because I did have to go to work. So I did do those things, but there was so much happening with motherhood that none of that mattered. Like once she was here, it ripped me apart just to like drop her off with the nanny. She, we had a nanny for like six months and then um, she moved into like a daycare space with some of our friends. And that was like terrible. I was like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Like, am, am I going to work till five o'clock and she's going to be in after school? And like, what does life look like as I continue to like go through the school system with her and all of that stuff. So just like being away from her for one, um, in those really little years were heartbreaking. Um, and so that's when I, right when she was born was when I started my MLM journey and it was with essential oils, (laughs) but I started my MLM journey and uh, part of it was, um, just to emotionally get, you know, have something to clutch onto to get through some of that um, depression and all of those feelings. And then also the other part of it was the dreams that they promised if you worked, you know, so hard with their program. Um, and I, I did, I went very far within that so much so that I believed that I could quit my job and move to Hawaii. And so, um, it was just like this, um, everything that I thought before she came, just totally went away. I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore um, because none of that matters. Um, but as she got older and we we moved to Hawaii and everything, and I was doing both, I was getting up at 5 a.m. and working East Coast hours um, with my job. And then I was doing the stay-at-home mom thing um, because I was like, 
I can do that now. I don't have to put her anywhere. I can, you know, balance and juggle. And it just became too much. And it was like this life shouldn't be this hard to have both things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so honestly, holding on to my job as long as I did was a safety blanket. Like that was my security net and I couldn't let it go until they let me go. And then once it happened, I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? Um, but of course, you know, I wasn't ready for that. So um, that all shifted. And of course, in that time when the whole job shift was happening, Hazel happened. <laughs> and so she was kind of the fuel with the business because I wanted to be able to stay at home with her. I didn't want to um, have to explore any other options. Um, And I was seeing it done on social media. I was seeing it done with friends. um, And I knew that I had the skills and I was smart enough and I have a personality enough to like do this and try this. Um, And, you know, it's funny because I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, it's so weird how in the beginning I was like just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I was just waiting for like, when's the bad set of months in business going to happen? When is this going to happen? And she was like, what if the other shoe that dropping is you? Like you're able to also change. Like I think what's going to happen is it, it could be you. And so I was like, you're right. Like I'm in control of this. Like I'm in control of how all of this happens um, and what that looks like. And if the shoe drops, then it could be my choice. Like it doesn't have to be this all crumbling down on me because I didn't work hard enough or I didn't do something right. Like it could be my choice. Mm. Um, That's not happening for me right now. Like we are taking this (laughs) as far as we can go. But um, I think just to know that um, you're in control of, it growing or not growing, like whatever that looks like for you in whatever capacity, like whatever fits your life. I totally am scaling back my business in different ways this year. Um, I had a very slow, today's a Monday (laughs) when we're recording, I had a very slow Monday and it's the beginning of the year. And I was like, that's what I want. I want really slow Mondays. That has never happened before. And I literally like read for a couple hours. I did some Pilates. I made really healthy meals and it felt so good. And, um, my, I don't have any client work today. Like I set it up to have weeks like that. And I could never imagine like on a Monday morning having to get up and it's raining and I have to get ready at 6am to go to an office and drop my kid off at daycare. Like that old Tori would not even believe what we're doing right now. wild. (laughs) And sometimes it can be hard to accept or like feel, I don't know, like sometimes rest and slowness can feel uncomfortable when we're so used to like, go, go, go. Do you feel like you're at a point now where you can kind of trust in, in the rest and the slowness? Yes. And the shift with that, that happened is this past year I shifted to uh, not like an hourly or time is money. I shifted to my experiences. My experience is worth this. And so it took my mindset of that whole time is money, because if I was stuck in the hourly rate mindset, then it was, okay, this hour that I'm sitting reading, I could be making money. But now, as my dear friend Caitlin says, Uh, rest is a money-making activity. And so I like stick with that. 
And I'm like, okay, I can't be my best version in my business if I'm not resting. And so I am embracing that this year. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a good place to be. And you said finding a way to work that fits your life, not not like the other way around, which so often we do. We try to fit our life into either what we had before or um, like fitting our life in between work or like in between all of our responsibilities and making that flip where work, responsibilities, life can fit, like where it feels good. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And And you have to trust that. Like if it feels icky when you're doing it or if it feels like you're forcing it, then that's not the right way to do it. Uh, Not that you can't do it, but it's not the right way to do it. And so even if it's like picking the hours that you're trying to work or picking, um, like I have to choose when I'm going to be purely focused on work if the girls are home or not home. And for me, I want to be not working when the girls are home. Like they're already at school for so many hours a day. Like I'd rather be present when they're home. And if I have to pick up something after bed, I will. Um, But it's just like, I don't want to feel like I have a client waiting on me when they get home at two o'clock. Like I want to be like, okay, this is your hour. My phone and my computer stay upstairs. Let's play a game. Let's do something. Um, And that it's just taken time to figure that out. You know, I used to stress like about going to pick up at school and getting back for a Zoom call or whatever. And now it's like, no, now all my Zoom calls happen when they're at school. Like, why didn't I do that in the first place? That was so dumb of me. And so um, it's just like trial and error, honestly, and figuring out what works. But if it feels hard, it's not probably not the right way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And trial and error, just figuring out what fits for you, right? Which is going to look so different for everyone. And I'm in a place right now, starting 2024, where I'm changing some of my childcare setup. Mm. And it's it feels so good to have that balance, which it took me a really long time to do because I wasn't thinking about what worked for my family. I was thinking about like, this is the way it's done or like, this is the way we've done it before. And like making mm-hmm. these changes based on, you know, this last year. And like, it's probably going to shift again. And that's okay. That's great. Like it's all, everything is fluid and like you get to pick what your life, what your motherhood, what your work can look like and how that all fits together. Yeah. And I don't know if you went through like guilt behind childcare. Like I obviously went through that with daycare, Oh yeah. but even with this, like I, it's almost, it's almost like I couldn't pick work. Like I had to go through this thing where am I a bad mom if I'm choosing work and putting my kid in daycare or, um, and Hazel is with my mother-in-law during the day now, but that was even an evolution because we moved back to Atlanta and to be closer to family and the housing market exploded. So we were living with her for nine months and, um, it's just her. And I was like, okay, well I have to like do this business stuff and I don't want to do it all at night. And so it took everything I had to even ask her to watch Hazel for two hours in the morning. And I was like, okay, I'll do breakfast if you'll just have her for two hours and then I'll do lunch and then I'll do nap time. And like during nap time, I would sit on my computer in the floor while she napped. And it was just, that was like the hardest thing for me to do is ask for help in that way. And 
then it evolved to now where she is with my mother-in-law during the day. And even John now does school pickup and he is with them at gymnastics right now. And he is tackling some of those things that I honestly didn't like to do. (laughs) I would rather be on a Zoom call with you. Um, And so (laughs) it's just, it, it gets easier. It gets easier if that's like a thing that is really hard to ask for. Yeah, totally. I have been that mom that where my kids were the first ones dropped off at daycare and the last ones picked up and it just, Mm -hmm. it wrecked me. It was so hard. And I've also been the mom that like gets to pick my kids up at half day sometimes and gets to take summers off with them. And, And all of it is challenging and all of it is fluid. Like it's nothing, nothing is forever. And that's one of the coolest things I think about being a parent, one of the hardest things too, but one of the coolest things about being a parent is like there's so much opportunity for change and the customization of this is your parenthood, this is your motherhood. You do get to make Mm -hmm. decisions and nothing lasts forever, like not the hard things, not the good things. If you could go back to when you were that new mom dropping your baby off at at daycare, not feeling 100% about it, wanting something different, in the thick of it, what would you want to tell her? Mm that it would not be this way forever, (laughs) that you are going to change it. Um, Now I'm going to get emotional with you. Wonderful. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I wish that I took longer maternity leave. I wish I didn't care about my career more than anything else at the moment. Um, That you know, at the same time, I think all of those negative emotions and that, that like hate is a strong word, but that hate for my current circumstance Mm -hmm. fueled so much of my desire to change. And so it's not that I would necessarily want to be like, be content where you are, you'll all change it because all of that, that I felt in that moment fueled all of that change. And so, um, I guess just to know that (laughs) it's okay that it won't be like this and you won't have to worry about your child not being picked up at 2 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much – like we can always go back and like wish things were different and also like appreciating so much of what what your experience – how your experience got you to where you are now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love, Tori, how you – you're talking about how you can have – both like you're talking about being a mom who was who had a hard time dropping her kid off at daycare and being a mom who wanted to work and wanted to have this way to use your skills and your interests and build up your business so often in society and the way that we treat women and treat mothers we act like those are separate like you're either the mom who wants your kids home or you're the mom who wants to work. And Mm -hmm. there's this combination that you're talking about, finding that right formula for your family. Can you talk a little bit more about like wanting to work and wanting to, I think you said like wanting to have more, like wanting to do more with your skills? Yeah. I don't know if it is just my personality um, or it's a, accumulation of my parents and who they are, but I love to work. Like, I don't know it. Honestly, a lot of it I think is exactly what I'm doing now is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And so 
this does not feel like work at all. And so I absolutely love it. I couldn't imagine stepping away from this to do mm-hmm. anything at all. Um, but a stay at home mom was like, just, that's not my skill set. That's not, I never thought I would be good at homeschooling. I never thought that I could do the mommy's day out and the, the park visits and all of that stuff that just wasn't, um, totally my personality. And so I just really like to work. And I think there's a lot of guilt that I had, um, around that because even society still today, like you should want to be the stay at home mom. You should want to be with your kids. And if you want to work, then it's the whole, like, are you a good mom? Do you even Mm -hmm. like your kids? (laughs) Um, I really like my kids, but I also know that there's a limit to them. Um, and anyway, it, it's, the getting over the guilt of wanting to work was one of the hurdles of starting this because it took way more hours than it does now to get this going. And I was constantly having to choose in the beginning work over that. Um, but I was also raised by, um, my mother who is a very independent woman She is still single, but she has hobbies. She has grown a career. Uh, And then my dad and my stepmother, my stepmother is a stay-at-home mom. And so they're both like the opposites, like extremes. And I guess growing up, I saw qualities in both that I loved. And so it was always like, it felt like I had to pick one. You know, there, I never saw both together happening. And so even now I make sure just to show my girls what's happening. Like I will work in front of them. I literally set up my desk in their playroom so that we can both coexist. Um, but combining motherhood and business did take things like asking for the childcare because there was no way this was going to happen. It um, was working hours that were different than original jobs. And it was just figuring out what Again, we talked about fitting that into your life, what that looks like for you. Um, And for me, it in the beginning, it looked like the gritty, cold coffee, nighttime, nap time. That's when the laptop's out. Um, But now today, it's the laptop might still be out. But of course, your kids are going to grow as mine have, and they're a little more independent. They can play and sit here for hours. But I remember, I remember having my laptop out and like sitting on the floor with Hazel and she's like playing with blocks or something. And she's really little. And, you know, when they're really little, their attention span is minimal. And so, um, you know, I would have like 0.5 seconds to like write an email before she like needed me or we needed a diaper change or she was hungry or something. And so it felt really hard then. And so I should have known then, okay, I should be playing with her right now (laughs) and not doing this. Um, So again, it's just the trial and error thing. But um, yeah, the balance is ever changing as they grow too. And one day I just, I mean, I don't even know what I'm going to do with myself when they're like driving and independent and doing after school sports and it's just wild to me, like what time I'm going to have, um, like, what am I going to do with that? Um, but even speaking of like when I started the business and playing small and how that like fits the kids in, I remember saying, okay, I'm not going to really grow this business until Hazel is in elementary school. 
because I want to be able to do the stay at home mom thing and this. And in my head, like my heart was like, you don't want that. You do not want that. (laughs) And my head was like, this is what I need to say. This is my defense Mm. mechanism. Um, I'm going to say, I'm not going to really grow this anywhere until she is in school and out of childcare or out of, you know, at my feet all the time. And, uh, it just, you just got to run with it when it runs on its own. <laughs> yeah. And that, like finding that balance is so tough already, just like internally, but then all these messages, like you talked about, like kind of this working mom guilt, like you should be mm-hmm. this certain way or I should feel this way. It's like this internal battle. And I don't think I know a mother who doesn't experience that. Like that is so, so prevalent. And one of the things yeah. that I found really helpful for for this working mom guilt is some like mindset shifts or some thinking like I get to honor my goals and dreams and be a mother. Like my kids get to see me living aligned with my values. My kids mm-hmm. have even more people to love them now that than before. Like now that they're in school, daycare with a nanny, like they have more people in their lives to love them, and that's mm-hmm. only a good thing. I'm so proud to show my kids how I impact the world, how I find fulfillment with my skills and my interests, like having these reminders to like realign myself of like, oh yeah, this is actually what I think, not like all these messages that are coming from outside. Yes. And speaking of even the people, like the community of people who I've worked with, women who I've worked with, like I have to think about the ripple effect of what I can do to change the world versus me helping other women who are changing the world with, you know, amplify their message. That is such a bigger ripple effect than me trying to do everything on my own. Mm. And even just thinking about like, I wish I knew you when I was going through this, like you would have been my person to help me through all that birth trauma and breastfeeding and everything. And now the fact that you exist here doing this work, like what if Rowan and Hazel need that? Like now they have that. And now I have like all these people to call when they need any sort of help as they also grow in as a woman and as a mother. And that's years, <laughs> years and years away. Totally. But, but even beyond that, like the way that you've set up my business to reach so many people, like the people that find me from my Instagram, the people that find me from my website, like, and connect with me because you've made my mission and my business come to life on my website and my Instagram, like, may not have connected with therapeutic services to to address stuff that's going on. And that's, like, that's supporting women, but it's also supporting families. And when we support families, we support society. Like, this is I mean, this is big stuff, Tori. Like you're, yeah, <laughs> this is big stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if and just thinking about like, there's so a part of a part of the people that I work with are just terrified still, like in that beginning stage. I'm terrified to talk about my services or anything, and the problem there is you're thinking about your services as like an income, and you're not thinking about your services as how the relationship between those are going to change your life, their life, and all these other people's lives. And so when you think about that, again, ripple effect, I don't know another word to replace that one, but it's, 
it's so massive and it's that, you know, it's things Gandhi talks about and philosophers talk about, about be the change you want to see in the world. Um, and it's like massively changing quickly. And it's because of people like you and other women who I work with. And so it's amazing. It's man, (laughs) my parents definitely don't understand it. It's definitely a new generation thing and I won't understand what my kids do, I'm sure. But, um, right now I'm just happy to ride this wave. (laughs) Yeah. We can't even guess all the things that we're capable of as mothers, all the things that we learn about ourselves. What stands out to you as something that you've really grown into or an area you've really transformed? Mm, My confidence has changed so much. Um, I mean, not only do we start our motherhood journey feeling very little confidence, right? We have this little tiny animal like screaming at us at everything we do. Everything we do is wrong. Um, But as that evolves and grows and, you know, I am constantly trying to better myself as a parent and understand my seven-year-old when she talks to me because she has like way massive feelings right now. Um, But also still be able to cater to my three-year-old without her feeling like the second child. And so it's, I feel really confident in the way that I parent. I feel very confident in the way that I am setting myself up as a role model for my girls. I Mm -hmm. want them to be able to have choice and positive body image and a voice. And um, I'm just, I'm very proud of the confidence that (laughs) exudes in our home full of Leos um, because we definitely, (laughs) it's not like we needed any more of it, but it's here. Um, But yeah, and even the confidence in just my businesses or my business and the offers that I have and how things are changing. Um, it, I feel like I was so, um, you know, self-conscious of myself and what I had to offer this world before I started motherhood and started the business. And, um, you know, who knew 36 years old and this is, I feel like I'm figuring it out, but I have a long way to go. (laughs) Mm. Yours is such a beautiful inspirational story of of stepping into motherhood and business and in confidence and in and acknowledging like all the growth that you've experienced and that there's so much more to come and that that's exciting it is exciting (laughs) it's great I can't wait (laughs) I like to end the podcast with some rapid fire questions are you ready yes all right let's do this what is your favorite thing about being a mom right now It's definitely hearing the things that come out of my kids' mouths. Um, There are occasional bad words, but I think they're in a place where it's it's funny. You can have conversations. You can dive deeper on things. You can explain parts of life um, in really weird ways. But I think it's just like the relationship through communication that's happening right now is really, really cool, especially with my (laughs) seven-year-old. What is your go-to form of self-care as a mom? Oh, I love a cold beer and a hot shower. That is my coping mechanism when I just need a moment. Um, But that and I love getting ready in the morning. That used to not be a thing. But I feel like 
I present myself better in business. I feel better as a mom. I don't feel like I just want to sit in my sweats and watch TV all day. Um, and so trying to get up in the morning and like do my hair and makeup and put on something that makes me feel good. Um, it might sound vain to some people, but I mean, it definitely works in your self-confidence and, um, yeah, (laughs) totally look good, feel good. Yes. What is something you said you'd never do as a parent that you do now? Oh gosh. Um, probably tablets, (laughs) the iPad, Um, it's not like we carry them to restaurants or anything, but screen time is definitely sometimes the TV is the babysitter. Sometimes the iPad is the babysitter. Um, but it, it's not, it's not the end of the world. (laughs) Nope. It definitely isn't. And last one, what have you learned way too much about against your will? Um, Rowan was definitely into dinosaurs for a very long time. So like five years. So I do know all the dinosaur names. Um, but I've kind of just embraced, I'm, I'm trying to like embrace things they like as like a practice. Um, because I know as they get older, they're going to like a lot of things that I don't like. Um, but against my will, my three-year-old's really into poop right now. So (laughs) that is... I don't know if it's uh, just she thinks it's a funny word, but every every sentence has poop in it. Um, so, yeah, probably dinosaurs and poop. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's one of the secrets of, like, creating playfulness and fun and, like, connection in, in a family is, like, being enthralled with what your kids are enthralled with. Like, that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, so valuable. And my husband is so good at, like, being such a hands-on approach with like learning and getting into what they like. And sometimes I just hear them playing downstairs or doing something outside. And I'm like, man, you are like a natural, like you should have been a kindergarten teacher. Mm -hmm. Like you are so good at this, like the patience and everything. And so just listening to him has kind of helped me develop that too. But yeah. Yeah. So Tori, Anyone who's listening to this is going to be like, she knows what she's talking about. I want to hire her if I have a business. Like, I want to learn from her if I'm thinking about having a business. Where can people find you to connect? Yeah, so um, torysprinkle.com and at torysprinkle on Instagram and TikTok. Um, Sprinkle is a very hard last name to spell. <laughs> and so I'm sure it will be in the show notes. Um, but yes, those are the two places. I have a Friday email that I absolutely adore. That is my baby. Um, and it's zero sales. It's just whatever I have going on that I think you need to know about. Um, but yeah, I'm very heavy on Instagram. I love an Instagram voice memo. So please send those to me if you would like, um, especially if your hands are full with babies. But um, yeah, yeah, the website and Instagram are the best places. Great. And I also absolutely adore the Nothing Fancy Friday emails. It is like the one email I'm guaranteed to open and every single subject line is golden. So definitely subscribe to that (laughs) to connect with Tori. And thank you, Tori, so much for coming on and sharing about your story and your expertise with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you, dear, dear listener, for joining us for these conversations for growing moms. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And if you did, you might want to subscribe to the podcast so you could be the first to know when new episodes come out. 
Be sure to check out the show notes where I'll link any resources that we talked about in this episode. You can find out more about me and my California-based private practice, Poppy Therapy, at poppy-therapy.com. Thank you for listening.